Welcome to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dan Catchpole, reporter with News Data's Clearing Up. And with me is my co-host and editor of California Energy Markets, Jason Fordney. We're here with some of our top stories. Jason, how are you doing and what do you have for us? Well, great, Dan. Uh, for this special late afternoon taping, uh, it's cool down here in California. We got some rain here in NorCal, so starting to feel the change of the seasons. And a big topic for us, CAISO regionalization, that'd be regionalization of the California Independent System Operator. Uh, I'll talk about a little bit about my story about CAISO launching its latest study process for that, driven by uh, some state legislation. Then I was going to talk about CAISO's Department of Market Monitoring discussing second quarter report and what's happening with energy prices, mainly how gas prices are driving electricity prices up. And then we'll talk a little bit about offshore wind and the new Interior Department's new auction plan for uh, sites off the central and northern coasts. All right. And uh, from the Northwest, I'll round that out with federal funding for the battery materials supply chain and Bonneville Power Administration saying that demand response is now uh, an affordable, financially competitive resource along with energy efficiency and some other standard least cost options. All right. So Jason, regionalization. Yes, we've talked about this a lot recently, including our upcoming long form podcast on this topic or Western Regional Transmission Organization, I should say. But Kaiso uh, last week launched its new study process uh, for to study regionalization. This was driven by Assembly Concurrent Resolution 188 from Assemblyman Chris Holden uh, that directed Kaiso to study the creation of a Western Regional Transmission Organization. And uh, Mr. Holden talked about ways to enhance reliability in the f- uh, with the influx of new renewables and retirement of coal-fired resources around the West. Um, and this has been done before. It was done in uh, through 2015 legislation. And Kaiso put out a report in July 2016. It'll be updating that report now with the help of the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. And uh, yeah, this looks to be a pretty involved process done with a lot of other participants, Arizona Corporation Commission, Colorado Public Utilities Commission, Colorado, Oregon legislatures, uh, their balancing authorities in the West. So they'll be looking at, oh yes, and they'll be looking at, um, yeah, just the benefits. I think they found, you know, pretty substantial benefits uh, in previous studies. And as Kaiso just continues to be a topic, of course, there was legislation in 2018 that didn't pass on regionalization for reasons that we've discussed before. Yeah, so this wouldn't, they're not uh, studying actually moving forward with regionalization. They're just looking at the value proposition of regionalization. Yeah, and um, really looking at a, a bunch of other studies that have been done. There's about 30 publicly available reports, and they're looking to uh, trim some of those, maybe add some of those. But the the, the 2016 report from Kaiso found customers benefit by 1.5 billion, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and create 20,000 jobs. I think that's the kind of 
details and information that they're looking for on, on this one. Assemblyman Holden out there carrying the banner of regionalization once again. He was the one yes. who pushed that 2018 legislation that uh, failed. Yes. The stalwart sure advocate. Uh, and the, the winds are changing. So they, the, they are. those same winds might pick up the banner that he is carrying. Mm -hmm. so other winds that are changing up here in central Washington, uh, the battery materials supply chain is getting a whole bunch of money from the federal government thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act. And two companies, Scylla and Group 14 Technologies, are going to be some of the first recipients uh, among, actually, um, some of the very few recipients west of the Mississippi. But uh, these two companies, they're located in central Washington. They're, they're setting up facilities in central Washington. They each stand to get $100 million in federal funding to develop new large-scale production facilities in central Washington and Moses Lake. And it's part of a tranche of $2.8 billion, which is the first of $7 billion provided through the infrastructure law. I misspoke there. I apologize. It's the bipartisan infrastructure law, not the Inflation Redu Reduction Act. The whole Funding package here is to build out the battery material supply chain, as uh, has been expressed by the federal government. This is a part of a federal strategy and a, um, to build that out and build a robust supply chain here in the U.S. and not be captive to foreign uh, suppliers of battery materials and battery production, uh, i.e. China. Sure. I'm looking at rendering here lots of solar panels and looks like... Uh, they're developed or they'll produce a silicon based powder designed to replace graphite in batteries. Yes. Yeah, it's going to make, hmm. uh, they're hoping it'll make it batteries 20% more energy dense without actually doing any other changes to it just by using their materials. So potentially some really big you know, payoffs if, uh, yeah. if their technology delivers like how they hope. And um, would replace graphite. I assume the Graphite Producers Association was against that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. I didn't get their press release. <laughs> okay. Back in California, uh, the Department of Market Monitoring is out with its second quarter 22 report discussing how uh, energy prices continued the trend from last year. In the second quarter, natural gas prices doubled in some regions. Power prices skyrocketed. Day ahead, electricity prices rose by about 72% compared with the second quarter of 2021. That's according to DMM. Uh, last year, wholesale power costs in the ISO rose by 33% compared with the previous year. Um, the higher frequency of price spikes this quarter was due to higher fuel costs, increased congestion, which is a big topic, and increased frequency of high demand intervals. Um, Kaiso, of course, had above, temp above average temperatures in May and June, as well as later in the year. And as we know, electric electricity prices in Western states usually follow gas prices because gas-hard units are the marginal source of generation in Kaiso and other regional markets. I only know this because DMM told me. So, um, yeah, that, uh, especially in Southern California, where SoCal CityGate gas prices often affect overall system prices because there's a large number of gas plants down there in the south which can set system prices and if there's no congestion. So the price at SoCal CityGate was uh, at 90, 96%, averaging $7.59. That's reporting from our freelancer, Rory Sweeney. 
who has come on board recently and doing some good stuff for us. But you can find that report on the Kaiso website. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, chart that's here with the accompanying the story, just showing a real upward. I mean, it's spiky, but the clear upward trend since 2022, which coincides with the rising natural gas or net coincides with the rising price of natural gas. I'd be curious mm-hmm. to see what this would look like if you adjusted for natural gas price. Yeah, I like, think the, kind of like with inflation. If you right. Um, I think DMM does that, but I don't yeah. have that right in I'll front of me. I'll have to go check that out. That'd so be interesting. tune in next week, folks. I will look that up. Um, they they do discuss that it's from time to time. I, of course, didn't write this story, but I can check the report to see what I can find out. Well, speaking of different resources, Demand Response is getting a new look from BPA, Bonneville Power Administrations, uh, in their 2022 Resource Adequacy Assessment. It, the Most of the assessment pretty much looks like any other one in you know, all the years that they've done them, but one significant difference. Demand Response joins energy efficiency and market purchases in the least cost portfolio of resources that Bonneville could lean on during periods of high demand and low water conditions. This is a big step forward for Demand Response, which heretofore has kind of been like a, I don't know, like a distant cousin showing up at a family get together where they're like, who's that guy over there? I don't see him very often. And he's kind of small, like what's his name? Yeah. Uh, You know, it's something that people talk about. Um, but you see very little of, especially in the Northwest, because we have cheap hydro here, uh, and it just demand response is not as there's not as much need for it economically. It just doesn't. It's not as financially viable. It's not the business case for it. Uh, it's really yeah. what I'm trying to get at. So this is a you know another indication of how much things are changing and how much the economics of the industry are changing. So. A small Excellent. change in a big report, but a significant one for uh, you know a bellwether of where things are going, perhaps or not. I'm just going to hedge that. <laughs> it looks like yeah, 213 megawatts if needed during summer peak in 2026, climbing to 488 megawatts by 2033. Not huge numbers, but good that BPA is looking that looking at that. I suppose. It's all- yeah, I mean th- those numbers though are not far off from what like BPA's actually those are bigger than what BPA's energy efficiency goals are. So there's see that. Yeah. Good report. Was that your story? Yeah, uh, that was not. That was my editor, Steve Ernst. Excellent. Well, we were talking about winds earlier and uh getting some attention last week was inter- interior departments planned auction wind leases on December sixth off California's central and northern coasts. Uh, these will be the first federal offshore wind leases in West Coast waters. The sale was announced October 18th. Uh, we'll cover five areas totaling 373,000 acres in the Morro Bay and Humboldt wind energy areas. This could support up to 4.5 gigawatts of wind capacity and more than 15,879 gigawatts gigawatt hours of energy per year. That's according to Bureau of Ocean Energy Management. Uh, two, three of the lease areas are off the central coast and two off the north coast. It'll be a single auction at which acreage in all the lease areas will be offered. They're, they range from about 20 to 26 miles offshore. So some movement, as we've seen with the Biden administration, 
ramping up that uh, that offshore wind. Um, at least in theory, as we know, there's it's uh, it's a coast fraught with rock rocky waters and storms, and I mean that in both sense, metaphor, metaphorical and physical. Um, you know, you, you're going to have some pushback on projects like this, but here we have BOEM moving forward. Yes, BOEM, the increasingly important Bureau of Ocean Energy Management. Yeah, when you're doing West Coast turbines, they've got to be floating turbines because of the way yes. the, the uh, geology here, the undersea geology. So manufacturing capacity for the mooring cables required for projects of the size does not currently exist domestically, according to BOEM. But uh, yeah, some movement forward, and uh, perhaps we'll see some turbines off the West Coast here at some point. At some point. At some point. Uh, I mean, things are moving along, I think, perhaps faster than some people expected on the East Coast. Um, yeah, I, I would say so. You know, that said, they're, they are, to your point about mooring cables, they are building on the continental shelf. So much shallower mm -hmm. water versus what you'd have to uh, develop in out here. Yeah, that's, that's quite an engineering challenge. And these are not small pieces of equipment that's... Uh, it's going to be, um, you know, a lot of development and a lot of um, public outreach, obviously. Uh, boom, moving forward. Well, last thing from the Northwest, and it's Northwest adjacent. The Wyoming Public Service Commission is holding a public hearing uh, today and tomorrow on well, October 24th and 25th, depending on when you listen to this, dear listener, uh, on Pacific Corps' proposal to retrofit three of its coal-fired plants with carbon cap capture utilization and storage technology, CCUS technology. Uh, so they're going to be getting underway with that. And you know, it's early on, so I don't want to take too much time on this, but uh, this would be one of the bigger carbon, carbon capture projects uh, if it proceeds. So Certainly, a lot of people will be, including us, will be watching the public hearing, and we will have more uh, news on that when and if news happens. So, otherwise, that's all from me, Dan Catchpole. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Energy West is edited and produced by our colleagues at Pioneer Utility Resources and Lucky Sound Studio. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at the Catchpole, and Clearing Up is at CU News Data. I'm also on Twitter at Fordney Energy. You can read more of our content at newsdata.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to Newsdata's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow.